Hey, beauty lovers and fellow entrepreneurs. I'm Yegi, the owner and founder of Yegi Beauty. Within five years of being my own boss, I was able to grow Yegi Beauty into a multi-million dollar company. This podcast is where I share what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur in the beauty industry. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Yegi Project. In today's episode, I got to interview Atalia, who is a business strategist, but specifically a social media strategist. So she's not managing social media accounts. Instead, she's talking to people, strategizing and giving them the tools in order for them to run their social media and have a strategy. She's also blogging and having a nice mixture of balance between work and play. What I found most interesting was her email marketing strategy. She did really tell, she did tell us literally the breakdown of what she is doing that's working for her. And I'm excited for you guys to listen and hopefully get some assistance. I also spoke to her about, you know, the struggle or that leap of faith of quitting her six-figure job, which she was a travel nurse and only focusing on doing her business, which is currently being a blogger and doing social media strategy for other people. Now, she did get the opportunity to work for a multi-million dollar company doing social media, which I think is super exciting. And it's a good kind of like pat in the back that, hey, you know, I'm doing something right. But she did have to do a lot of redirecting and replanning and regrouping everything for herself in order to land and be at the position she is in today. Now, we talk about, you know, not giving up, not quitting, but instead redirecting if something is not working to fine tune your life basically to what you want it to be. And currently she's only working three to four days out of the week and the rest of the time she still loves to travel and she focuses on that with her personal life, which brings me to the point is again, my message of balancing life and play and working as hard as you want, but also having as much time for yourself as you want. Well, before we jump into the episode, let me give you guys a few updates about the Yegi project. So I am taking a few very limited coaching sessions. So if you guys are interested in that, I am here for you. And what else is new is within partnership with Yankee Beauty, we do have two workshops available. One is specifically for lash artists or beauty professionals to be better at social media or just better display their work through photos and videos. So there's that workshop going on. And also the other one is advanced eyelash extension technique, the flower bouquet technique. So very specific. Again, that's just for the lash artists out there or beauty professionals out there who want to learn that. But those are live. So if you're interested, go check it out. We are working on creating a community of badass entrepreneurs so we can all work together and grow together. So if you guys have any ideas or if you want to be on the podcast, join us and stay tuned for all the updates and we'll release all the cool projects we're working on slowly. One other thing that's new and some of you may be wondering why I made this business decision but I will walk you through it in case it does help you in your life and in your business. So we had stopped doing eyelash extension services 
for almost two years now since kind of COVID hit I was going through um, I just had a baby and I was pregnant and it was COVID and the salon closures and rules and laws and all of that craziness was becoming way too much for me to handle so I decided that hey I'm gonna slow down for a second I'm gonna close down that salon location because we had two separate locations for the warehouse and an office uh, our headquarters side versus the physical salon where we took clients so at that moment I decided to close down the salon part so I could focus on my personal self my family you know my mental health with handling so much with have having a tiny baby and being pregnant with another one with COVID and trying to run a business you know it's a lot so at that moment we had this I had decided to you know just put that part on hold and really focus on the product sales and the um, academy where I teach and we teach as a team of how to do eyelash extensions um, nationwide. So this decision was really difficult back then because again, I'm losing technically one part or one business, but I had to make that decision in order for me to be able to do well in the other two sides. You know, when you feel like something is too much, it I learned that it is okay to either put a pause on it or redirect. And again, we talk about that in this episode as well. And this is this is one thing that I had done that was kind of risky. Now, Two years later, I have decided that we're bringing services back. Now, I'm kind of settled in into being a mom and an entrepreneur all in uh, all in together. I have two babies, but we found the system that works where I can balance it. And now I found an opportunity to grow that part of the business again. Because again, I am a big believer of having different um, avenues of income coming in too, because, you know, it balances each other out. If one part of your money flow is not doing as good, the other part can um, help and vice versa, right? So they say, I don't know, what's the rule? Like they say you want to have at least like six streams of income coming in, even if it's like tiny bit coming in, maybe from like ads or affiliate marketing, um, investments, I don't know, whatever. They, I think, advise to have about six going back to my story. So we have decided we're going to take services again. I'm going to try to grow the salon part of it to have that as almost a separate thing, but also related to entrepreneurship. So I think it's going to be very exciting to try to build clientele from scratch for a whole salon again, like I did, I don't know, back in 2015. So I'll share my experiences with you guys and let you know what I did, what I'm doing, what's working, what's not working. And hopefully that will help for some of you service providers out there to get ideas of what you can do to build your clientele because I know that's always a hot topic. Anyways, I could talk about all this forever. So let's actually jump into the episode as I interview Atalia. Thank you for tuning in. Let me give the floor to Atalia and she is going to go ahead and introduce herself. Please let us know who you are and what you're all about. Hi, Yegi. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for the introduction. So I am Italia, and I help multi-passionate creators work from anywhere by creating multiple streams of income online. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more in detail. What do you do? What does your day-to-day look like? 
So I am very multi-passionate and I have multiple different ways that I make income online. Um, currently, And that's what day- you help other people do as well, right? Yes, that's exactly what I help other people do. Um, so my day-to-day looks like doing things on social media um, and the social media platforms that I personally use are Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. I do email marketing usually daily and then also I am currently planning a retreat Um, for a client. So I also plan retreats and um, other things that I do obviously is being around the house. I am living in Germany. I'm renovating a home and so doing all the things. (laughs) Did you, you said you're renovating a home. Did you just um, get a home in Germany or you guys are just doing renovations? Um, we actually inherited a home here in Germany, so it's my yeah. husband's childhood home, and um, we're Congrats! Renovating. How fun! <laughs> yes, yeah. It's been a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Construction and renovations are not... They're fun to design, but not fun to go through the process. <laughs> yes, for sure. Awesome. Well, take us back a little bit. Tell us about you, um, your history and your careers and how you ended up here today. Okay. So I started off, um, you know, I went to nursing school and my whole life plan was to be a nurse. And um, I was a NICU nurse, um, was the last career that I had. And I loved it. I went to deliveries all the time. It was so amazing. Um, And... (laughs) Then my husband and I were living in California, and he is originally from Germany, and he was just like, I'm not really liking America. And it was like one of those, like, hit you in the chest, like, okay, like, what do you mean you don't like it here? Like, like my family's cup, my family was in Texas. I was like, we just bought a home a couple of years ago. Like, what are we going to do with everything that we've built here? Mm -hmm. And so then I had this thing of like, okay, you know what, this is, this might be something that I can look into. So I kind of took it as like, okay, I'm going to look into other things that I enjoy. And mm-hmm. at the time, I really loved traveling. And my friends would always tell me, like, you should start a travel blog. Y'all are always going places, <laughs> doing stuff. And then I'd be like, what? Like, it's just normal for me. You know, like, who cares yeah. about what I'm doing, right? Yeah. And it was at a point where I did not, I did not even post on Instagram much. Probably, like, four times a year was my oh, wow. posting on Instagram. Well, you know, when you're living life and focusing on yourself and your, um, you know, your life, you you don't have to share on Instagram. You're just doing it just to have fun. It's not for for an audience. Yes, exactly. You're just like one picture here and there. And um, so long story short, then I ended up thinking like, okay, like, let me pursue this. So this was in 2019. I was like, let me start this blog. I started researching on Pinterest and um, found people that were making really great money off of blogging. And I was like, great. And everyone would be like, affiliate links, affiliate links. I'm like, all right, I'm going to start a blog and then do affiliate links. Um, <laughs> affiliate links is literally dollars on the pen. Like it's literally a dollar for someone buying a $20 item. But anywho, uh, I learned very quickly. (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about that experience or that shock of affiliate links. Because I do know a lot of people do um, wish or their goal is to be bloggers or influencers. What was your experience um, with the affiliate links in the beginning or now? (laughs) 
So now I understand affiliate links and I understand that it is something that is an addition to my income. It is not the primary. There are people, a lot of people who have that as one of their primaries, but if you take a look at the people who are doing that as their primary, they're people that have thousands of followers. So it's something that can grow with you. Um, as far as starting off when people say like you can blog and use affiliates, you have to have the audience that goes to your blog to get the affiliate payments. And so now that I am two years into it, I do randomly get $100 here and there, right? Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, it was like I got my first affiliate sale and it was like 26 cents. And I was like, oh my gosh. Hey, 26 cents is better than zero cents, right? Right? But I was so happy. It was the best 26 cents ever because I was like, I made this 26 cents by myself. So, that's great. Yeah. And it is, it just adds up to it. It is just, it's almost like thinking of it as a little bit of commission for, for throw, the spreading the word about whatever affiliate link you're doing. And are you referring specifically to, um, a specific like Amazon or a specific brand affiliate link or just in general? So I, in the beginning, I did a lot of like to know it affiliate links. Mm -hmm. So I did like to know it or Amazon. Um, I've also done shop a sale. Um, now I encourage people to do affiliate links towards companies or towards courses or that kind of thing, because you get a huger percentage and commission. Um, obviously yeah. it's more work for like, I guess, advertising it, but you also <laughs> get that payback really quick. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always like that. What a, you get what you work for. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. It's the same with us. Like with our company, we do have ambassadors and then that's kind of what their affiliate links would be. So if they do um, use like their promo codes, they'll get commission off of for spreading that word. And then it goes on and off. So it's a little different, but again, it's a little similar um, to affiliate links. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so affiliate links, I think it's a great addition. I don't think like when you're starting off, it's something that you should be like, okay, like my goal is to only make money off of affiliate links because you're going to be waiting a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, thank you for being real with that. That's that's true. That really is. <laughs> Okay, awesome. So tell me, um, so now you decided to start looking into things, your husband wanted to leave America and live in Germany. So you're like, okay, I got to figure out what to do. You decided maybe the blogging would be an option. Um, so what happened after that? <laughs> so I did blogging. So I launched my blog February 2020. Um, and I actually launched it and posted I literally just had a bio. So I'm going to tell all of your listeners, don't put so much pressure to be like, I need five blog posts. I need 10 blog posts. Like, no, I just literally had a bio and I had a thousand people come to my website to read my bio. And I was like, I'm in there like this, <laughs> this blog is going to make it. Um, and so, oh, uh, so literally typing, writing blog on the website, informative blogs on your website. That's where you started about the travel. Yes. So that's where I started about the travel is like writing about my travel. I did my first post was like about New Orleans and places to stay nice. in New Orleans and that type of thing. Um, and then in March, you know, obviously COVID hit. 
so my blog. <laughs> then it was, yeah, interesting times for business. <laughs> yes. Then it was like, okay, well, no one can travel. And so I kind of switched my perspective and I was like, okay, well, I can't travel, but I can take people back to where I've already been and I can do that through Instagram. So I started Honestly, I that. love that. You didn't let that be a roadblock where you're like, okay, well, I guess I can't do this. You found a way to redirect and be like, okay, well, this is what I have to work with. So let's, let's work with what I got instead of pretty much closing the doors. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I definitely worked with what I got. And then I started learning about Instagram. And so I quickly found out that I was more passionate about learning about the algorithm and learning about what things worked and what things didn't. And, um, so I had it's a really friend. fun to learn. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think experimenting is really fun. Yes. Um, so I had a friend who ha who owned a platform and she was really needing help. And so I was like, oh, you know what? Like, let me do like social media type of thing for you for free because I really wanted to learn how a, an account her size, she had 15,000 followers and I wanted to know how account her size would react to the things that I was doing on account my size. And um, so then after then I did her, her account for free and then a friend reached out to me that a company had emailed her looking for a social media manager. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. <laughs> and so I applied for that um, company and it was a nursing company and they are a multi-million dollar oh, company. Oh, and that's a great fit for you. <laughs> yes. And so... Wow, um, even the nursing companies are on social media now, huh? <laughs> girl, everyone is on social media. Mm -hmm. So what was your experience with that running a social media for, um, for such a, um, I mean, norm, not such a common industry that, you know, people would go like, if I need a nurse, I don't go on Instagram to look for a nurse, you know, mm -hmm. um, I will search either Google or I'll search my network, ask my friends. So what was your experience with running social media for a nursing company? And you said they were a multi-million dollar company. How did that work? Um, honestly, it was very mind opening. And so what they did was they used their social media accounts to get nurses to go to their website and um, get interact with their blogs. And then they had nursing schools that were paying them. And so that's how they were monetizing their blog. Um, oh, and, wow. Uh, it was that's kind of very like, yeah, that's a very <laughs> nice angle. <laughs> right. And so in the end, they ended up um, not having an email list. And I was like, y'all don't have an email list. Like you should start like doing email marketing. You could definitely like target that. That could be this. And so I ended up being somebody that would like come up with these ideas and kind of help them through like big things for like two years. And then I realized like, oh my gosh, like I'm I, good at this, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like not only have I helped them grow their business, like income wise, but I've helped them like grow their Instagram. They were starting to get on Pinterest and starting TikTok and starting to get ambassadors and email lists. And I ran giveaways and all types of things on their account. And so, um, yeah. So then from there, I was like, you know, I want to help small businesses do this. Like if somebody like this large needed this much assistance, not that it was a bad thing, but, um, needed, <laughs> you know, help to go like this. And I was able to help them. I want to help those who were where I started the two years before and didn't even know like that affiliate links aren't like, I mean, they're a small amount of money and you can't make thousands of dollars just by writing. Okay. Well, wonderful. Um, now tell us more, but fast forward to, uh, you decided to move 
establish yourself in Germany. How do you manage your clients? How do you attain clients? What is your main way of making money now? So my main way of making money now is I have one-on-one -on -one clients and I have retreat clients and I also do community management and I have a group program. Um, and so the way that I kind of uh, maintain my clients is I have week on week off. And so my clients get two calls a month. And so one week I have mainly heavy clients, um, but I also don't take any more than five one-on-one -on -one clients a month. Um, just because I really like time freedom. I love to travel. So is that for the social media um, uh, strategy? So to advise and work with people on their social media for a strategy or to run their social media pages? So I no longer run social media pages. I mainly just do strategizing and helping people do that. Okay. Okay. And Thank you for clarifying them. that. Yes. yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. All right, so go ahead and continue. Sorry oh, to yeah. cut you no, off. <laughs> and then um, as far as retreats, I take three retreats a year. And then um, my program is going to become evergreen. It's called The Profitable Creator. And I take on um, 10 students for that. And those are group calls. And so I really like to work about three to four days a week most of the times. And then I love, as I said, to travel. And most of the time, like this year, I've worked in 10 countries. So I just really like, you know, going and being like, okay, I love I'm that. You know, here. this is your life. You want to shape it and work it to however you want to. You want to work as hard as you can and that you want with those three to four days a week and then do whatever else you want for your personal self. And that's why I love having you actually on this podcast and that we're talking about this because it should open people's minds to um, thinking outside of the box too you know you can basically shape your life how you want to shape it and also um and also have that balance between personal and work <laughs> yeah. so we're very big on that here with yagi beauty and yagi project so um thank you for sharing that i'm being an example for our listeners of course I like the sound of retreats. So tell us a little bit more about how does that work? Do we fly into that retreat? We all spend time together. So how does your retreats work? Okay. So I plan the retreats for people who want to host retreats. Um, Got it. Got yeah. it. So somebody like me who would want to um, host a retreat, because again, my audience is again, entrepreneurs who want to grow and also have a balanced life and all of that. So if I were wanting to do that, you would help me set all that up and get the marketing and the word out about it. Is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. So I would okay. help so you. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so I would help you um, obviously choose a place based on what your brand is. Um, so for example, my last client, um, her brand was very beachy vibes. And so we went to Tulum. And so I planned the trip for about 15 nurses, actually, too. <laughs> They're all <laughs> nurses to go to this retreat. And it was a four-day event. And so prior to the retreat, I did all of the research of the place places, helped with the pricing, like what prices would do, like how is this profitable, is this helpful, and then also all the meals and what is going to be included. So basically, someone comes to me and is like, oh my gosh, I want to throw a retreat, and then I'm like, all right, like what do you want that to look like? And then from there, I take over, plan the whole thing, fly in, be the person behind the scenes to make sure everything goes right. We have I love it. It's almost like a party planner, but a retreat planner. <laughs> yes. 
I love that. So you help people not only strategize for their social media and business on that aspect, but you'll also do the physical retreats for um for a business as a avenue of marketing. Yes. So for businesses that are established like yours that want this, you know, this in-person experience after people have seen you online or worked with you individually. Awesome. Well, I love that. We will work together in the future. (laughs) All right. Is there anything you want to share for our listeners as word of encouragement for people who want to kind of think outside of the box and follow their dreams or visions? I think that one thing that I learned very early on in the beginning is there's no magic pill. There's no magic course. There's no magic anything that can kind of help you get to where you're going except yourself really. And I'm saying that in a way of you can invest in yourself, but as you invest in yourself, remember it's yourself that pushes you forward. And each time I hire a coach or I work with someone, or even when I meet people in person, I realize that the only difference between myself and the person that I'm talking to is the work that they've put in. And so exactly. <laughs> you want to make sure you put in the work. Put in the work. And I think my best advice for that would be also put in um, personal development for yourself to work on yourself to grow as an individual. Because um, not only putting in the physical work, we also want to work smarter and not only harder. We want to become our the person that we need to be in order to be successful and also gain the skills we need in order to be successful in what we're doing. So um, for you, you know, if you... Th- this is your career and you really want to push social media, then it'll be smart, right? Uh, for you to take classes or coaching or webinars about your industry. So that's kind of like what I always push education um, and working smarter versus trying to work harder. And of course, changing our mentality to be at the right state of mind and mentality in order for us to be successful. I think those have been my key takeaways from my experience with being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So now um, one question I have for you too is, you know, it all sounds fun and great and people love listening to podcasts and other people's success stories of them living like the life that they want. But we do have to be super real for the listeners because a lot of our listeners may be um, really having some fears and doubts or big challenges that they think that they would uh, come, uh, come to if they were to take the leap of faith and let's say, start their own business or follow their dreams or change jobs and careers. You know, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but most people want to have the fun job that they, you know, perceive as fun and ideal for them. Now, can you share a little bit in your story? Did you come to any um, challenges? What were kind of like those little um, uh, mind blocks or roadblocks that you had to get to a place today where you're like, okay, um, this is what I'm doing and I'm happy about it. I'm fine. (laughs) Yes. Um, I would say one thing is when I was working as a nurse, I made multiple six figures and deciding to leave my job in 2021, making about $5,000 a month was a huge leap and a huge risk. And it also made me think about the fact of like, if you're wanting to go into the entrepreneurial space is to have your finances like in check. Like have that savings ready. <laughs> Make sure you can survive a little bit because money doesn't start flowing in 
just just from the beginning yes <laughs> well for some people it does if you're very lucky it can happen but to be real you do want to have savings of three to six months always in case of an emergency or in case you want to take the leap of faith <laughs> yes right and so not only having that and I also spent two years paying off my debt. I had a lot of debt. So just kind of fixing yourself up financially is really huge. So when I did um, quit, I was, I felt free. Like I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, like where is the money going to come from? Or like, oh my gosh, I have to work so hard in order to get this place. Or you get in this place where if you're like influencer, whatever you're doing, you're taking jobs that you don't really align with because you need to make that income instead of really focusing on the things that you love and focusing on serving the people. Do you have any other challenges that you can share that would be encouraging for our listeners? Um, anything that you went through either in your head or, or, or actually with business? I think making a shift, like I made multiple shifts. I'm like multiple. I think a lot of people have, um, not issues, but people have a thing of like, oh my gosh, this is my niche and I need to stick to my niche. Like if I don't stick to my niche, then what is this? And I had, I, in my first year was travel blogging. Then I did, um, kind of, I guess, like a consultant for those who were trying to diversify their companies. So I worked with people who were doing that. And then I was more lifestyle. And then I finally fell in my place when I did social media management. And I was like, oh my gosh, like now I feel like a good place. And then that lasted probably a year. And then I was like, I'm not aligning with this of like managing <laughs> this account. I rather help other people who, you know, empower them out. to do it yes. themselves. Yes. yes. Um, honestly, that's a big, big thing that I went through too, throughout me, like owning my own business for, um, long time now. <laughs> um, the, uh, like physically establishing the salon and then the services product line, all of that, I think it's close to, um, eight years now, but, um, throughout that, even though I kind of stuck in the same industry, kind of like you, I did have to change and redirect quite a, quite a bit. Um, like I started off with just the full service salon and I was like, uh, oh, some of these services are not working for me. Let me just focus on specifically just eyelash clients. Cause I see like more of a need and a niche market for that. So we did that. Then people started asking me, Oh, can you teach me? Like, I see you're doing good. You're making so much money in this. Then I started teaching. I was like, wait, it should be a school and academy then it shifted to that then i realized there isn't that many great lash products people were like oh i love you know what you have to say then we developed into a product line so and then covid hit we're like oh my god salons are closed we can't make money doing eyelashes because salons are closed we're just losing so much money on all the expenses decided to close down the salon and then now everything okay no maybe we should reopen the salon so it is a lot of things like being an entrepreneur and I think it's okay um to kind of and I love that you're sharing that because I think it's a good reminder for people hey if something's not going your way don't give up and don't feel like you have to quit instead sit down and see how you can redirect um, in order for you to you know get to a place that you want to get there's always so many different things that you can do even in one little niche 
industry. Um, and then, like I said, we do also do business coaching. Um, so if anybody needs help with kind of strategizing just on the business side of it, I'm here to help with that. And then social media, we have, uh, we have you to help people. So if you guys do, our listeners need help with that, we are here for you. So feel free to reach out. Like, as you were saying is, I think that's when you realize that you are an entrepreneur, when you kind of see yourself growing into the new spaces, you kind of outgrow those old spaces and get the new ones. And that's how you kind of skyrocket in your business. So um, let's talk about, again, challenges, because another big challenge everybody asks me is that, okay, now I kind of know what I'm doing. I'm pretty clear. Um, and but how do I make money? Where do I get the clients? So can you share some of your experiences throughout your transitions of like these things that you did in order to kind of grow into the space that you're in now? How did you gain the clientele or the, the accounts for you to be able to kind of survive and make money um, uh, to live your life and travel like you wanted to? So I am a heavy believer in multi-different um, streams of income. And one way that I love to kind of make that income is networking. Um, so when I was doing one-on-ones, um, well, I still am doing one-on-ones, but when my one-on-ones were open, um, a lot of the clients came from referrals. So everyone was referring me. And so that networking is a huge piece in networking. I think sometimes people think like, Oh, I have to like go into this big event, but it's like literally just saying on social media what you do like oh my gosh I do this if you know somebody who does this right let me know like oh I own a salon if anybody if you find somebody that needs their eyebrows done let them know I own it right because that's how mm -hmm. people kind of come to you and it's in the same world it's the same as social media you get hop on your stories and say like oh my gosh like here's what I'm up to here's my client like you know all of this and then you get that referral um, the second thing is um, utilizing hashtags and utilizing the features in Instagram right and um, kind of getting those niche hashtags so if you're somebody that does does, um, I'm going to say eyebrows or eyelashes. You want to use those specific ones. You have a salon. You want to use local hashtags. Um, and I think a lot of the times people think like hashtags don't work, but think about what that person is looking for. Because honestly, what are they going to search for? Yes. Like they're going to go on TikTok or they're going to go on Instagram and they're going to search it. Like most people, if they're looking for a photographer, they're not going to go on Google and be like photographer San Diego, like back in the day. Yes. Nowadays, they're going to go so they can see the, all the different types of videos and pictures and all the stuff they can show. Um, another way that I get clients is to in, make sure that I have my email list. So my email list is my heart and soul. I love my email subscribers. I talk to them weekly about all different types of things. And um, that is the way that I'm able to have those conversations plus make those sales because every single one of my emails I am selling. So then that brings me also to selling yourself. So if you're listening. Wow. Um, let me pause right there because email marketing, I feel like sometimes um, it was huge back in the day. And then now it can be huge. But a lot of people and a lot of small businesses, including myself, actually, uh, we don't focus too, too much on email marketing. Um, and 
I my question to you is with the for yourself tell me a little bit more about your experience with email marketing how do you keep because you know we get so many emails so how do you keep your emails from kind of being overlooked from all of the other emails that everybody gets and how how um what did you do and how did you find that oh my god this email marketing is working for me okay um, so with email, so my email open rate is about 50%. I have a little over a thousand subscribers on my email list. And so what I do... And are you is, using any programs in order to run this or are you doing it manually? Um, so I have active campaign. I have a virtual assistant and I also, um, schedule my emails ahead of time. Yeah. So, I have my funnel, so when someone signs up for a freebie, so for example, if someone were to buy one of your products, and then you go through and you have your funnel of different things. So what has worked for me is I have five emails that I send. So the first day that they order the product or they sign up for their freebie, they get two emails. The first one is like right after they get their product, and then the next one is about six hours later, and in that email, I tell them to be on the lookout for more emails from me because I'm gonna be giving them exact information about whatever they bought or whatever freebie they got. And so from there, I have about three emails. Um, then one of them talks about me, myself, and my business, and who I am, and how I can help them. And then um, the second one goes into like the different types of offer, like specific, like if I was selling a, a Instagram story vault, right, which I have, is basically talking about Instagram stories. And then I will go deeper and be like, here's five things that you're doing wrong with Instagram stories. And so then that gets them to kind of think like, oh, I bought this product. It's like helping with this, um, but I may have an issue with this. And then from there, I let them into my regular email list. And um, I think a lot of people with their subjects, I don't do like catchy subjects. I do more of storytelling in my emails. And I tell stories about my um, different clients or I tell stories about things that have happened to me or I talk about my different challenges. And so when someone opens my email, they don't really see it as like, oh, like she's selling to me or like she's only emailing me with the launch. I send different types of emails and when I launch, I let people know. I'm like very real. I'm like, hey, I'm about to start launching this. Like, you know that. I'm and if it's the right people. audience, they will stick to it and stay subscribed. If it's not, then that's better. Let them not be on your list because they're not interested in what you have to offer. Yes, then it costs you money. So yes, <laughs> you can go ahead and let them go. Um, and with email marketing too, uh, for our listeners, you can use a lot of like um, programs now that you can attach to your website and it does, and you can schedule it and there's a lot of automation into it too. So it, it's, it's not um, too, too much manual work as it used to be. <laughs> I would also suggest that um, if you're deciding to get into email marketing or you're like, oh crap, I had no idea that email marketing is this big, I would literally just repurpose everything. Like that's what I do. Like my emails are blog, end up being blog posts or I'll take an Instagram post and I'll literally copy my caption and then I'll send it to my email list because there's so many different audience, like they're not the same audience. Yes, and with your email marketing, because I know segmentation is also a thing, do you, can you share a little bit uh, with our listeners what segmentation is and how you do it for your um, uh, clients? 
So I segment my emails based on whatever they sign up for. Um, so I have multiple. So I have about five freebies. Um, if you're somebody that is. Ooh, like, what are the freebies? Tell freebies. our listeners. I'm sure they're going to want some freebies and we'll link everything and share with everyone. But tell us. Yes. I'm curious. So I have uh, 10 ways to skyrocket your Instagram. I have a um Instagram story challenge that you can do. It's like a five day challenge and I teach you how to kind of attract and how to get started speaking on Instagram stories. Um, I have a hashtag freebie um, with about 20 different hashtags that have worked, like that still work obviously, but um, that really work for business owners. I have one for specifically for business owners and another one specifically um, for the nursing industry since I worked in there for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, I also have 48 call to action. So if you're somebody that's like, oh my gosh, I'm tired of hearing people say sign up for this or, you know, like buy this now, um, then I have different call to actions that you can kind of use and utilize on your website or in your emails. And the way they, um, they just have to, um, pretty much sign up for what the email, um, in order to get access to these freebies from you. So it doesn't yes. take much for people to take advantage of this valuable information from you. Yes. But then as on the business side for you, how that helps you is you get their contact for email marketing. Since yes. this is a business podcast, we do need to share yes. that kind of strategy as well. Um, uh, on both ends. So it's almost like a win-win you get free con uh, free information and then the business gets your contact so they can share more information that might be relevant to you. So it almost sounds like too good to be true type of a business, um, marketing trick, but it's not really a trick because it is helping everybody when you do offer like these freebies to get people's contact information. And that's why it's also important with the segmenting is once you have them sign up for something, you want to tag them or segment, which is a list, and have them be on a specific list. So if somebody says like, oh my gosh, I bought this um, lipstick and you're like, okay, I have this lipstick, it's so then you can kind of tag them and be like lipstick people, right? And then whenever you come out with a new line or you have a topic which has to do with lipstick, then you can send that to that list. Yeah, um, because you know they are already interested in it. So it's going to be a lot more effective compared to sending it to every single person. <laughs> yes. And it also helps when you're launching stuff. The segmenting helps with launching um, so that, as Yegi said, that you know exactly who you're sending it to and you already know that they're interested in whatever product. But I will say is as you make those lists, I would do pre-emails that are ready for you to send afterwards. So like you have a list about whatever and then you have emails in between so that people understand um, what it is that they're, so you understand, sorry. So you understand like, okay, like once they get this, then they can go through this segment and then don't forget to sell yourself. Of course. And like you said, um, storytelling and just being, you know, upfront and transparent and like very clear, um, on what you have to, what you have to offer and how it could benefit them, I think is the best way to sell. You're not selling just to trick them into something. You're just being truly honest, telling them what you have to offer and how it can help them. And if they're the right fit, they're going to go ahead and sign up and give you business. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that's, um, yeah, I think if you do, if you are very clear, um, it's very effective and you don't have to worry about trying to sell. It almost sells itself. <laughs> yes. 
going back to what you currently do with the social media strategist, now a lot of people do want to make um, extra money or side money online, at least in the beginning, um, while they're kind of testing out that online um, uh, income world. So what advice do you have for those people that have been considering it but have no idea of where to start? As far as starting on Instagram, I think in the world of social media right now, if I were to choose a platform to start on, I would actually start on TikTok. Um, and, <laughs> and why is that? The reason I say is that TikTok is, paying you to say this. <laughs> no, I wish TikTok was paying me. <laughs> I know, I'm joking. Right. <laughs> hey, oh maybe God, they right. will very soon. TikTok. Right. TikTok, hear me out. Are you um, listening? <laughs> right. No, because the reach on TikTok, so Instagram is going through um, the blues. I like to say an identity crisis, like yes. a lot of people nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because they're trying to keep up with YouTube. They're trying to keep up with TikTok, so they see that how valuable video is, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like how do I get in the know?" But TikTok is kind of in the place of like, "Oh, like if you keep on consistently posting." and you're posting about something that is very niche specific, then I'm going to let you be seen by as many you. people and I'm going to favor your page. So it kind of reminds me a little bit like I had thought about starting YouTube, but I helped with um, a friend's YouTube and it kind of reminds me of YouTube, how you have to consistently like create those that video content. And then from there, they're like, oh, let's favor you like this person keeps on putting on our platform. So that is one thing that I would say is to start <laughs> To choose one platform, but if I were starting over, I would choose TikTok. Um, <laughs> and then you're just starting out to put your focus on there because yeah. um, it's newer and it's easier to, with the current algorithm, it's easier to get noticed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's for case. sure. Um, awesome. And then the second thing that I would say is to create very like goal, like be very goal oriented and under like. And when I mean goal oriented, I don't only mean like, oh my gosh, I'm going to work myself to the bone, um, but making all of the physical, mental, all the things, because I think what thing that we're kind of realizing with the online world is there's a lot of comparison. Um, there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of like, okay, well, this person's getting more viewership with the same type of thing that I'm doing and all of that. And when you work on yourself, you just worry about yourself. Like you're just like, I'm, you know, I'm gonna get to where I'm going because I didn't put my goals on this paper and that's where I'm headed. Yes. And that's, that's the advice I give everybody. And I have to remind myself too. It's like, stop worrying about what everybody's doing. Just have your to-do list daily, go in or open your computer and just do one thing at a time and just focus on that <laughs> and mm -hmm. be very clear with where you want to go with your goals. Don't just say, I want to be successful or I want to make a million dollars and that's it. But how, what are that, what are the exact action steps that you can take today in order to get there? Right. Mm -hmm. And just kind of having the, like taking yourself seriously it might sound kind of dumb, but <laughs> taking yourself seriously, because I think I have clients that have, you have a talk with yourself in the mirror, look at yourself <laughs> in the mirror and be like, girl, <laughs> <laughs> listen up <laughs> you got this you this is what you have to do <laughs> yes 
Because then I think sometimes people take have their business and then they say like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then a friend invites them to go somewhere. And the next thing you know, they're not doing what they need to do for your business. But you you're right. Business. You're right. I've been guilty of that in the past, but I did really have to, I did really have to, you know, look at myself in the mirror a lot of times to remind myself, look, you do want that balanced life, but how, how well are you balancing it? You know, are you giving a little bit too much to your personal life? Um, and vice versa. So you're right. We do. And uh, one way I was able to accomplish that in the beginning, um, was really block out my time, even though I didn't really have to physically be anywhere and do anything. So if I had, if I really wanted to spend, let's say two hours on, um, email marketing, for example, I didn't really have to do it from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on a Monday. But if I scheduled it in exactly on Mondays, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., I wasn't going to take anybody else's appointments or anybody else's, like my friend's request to grab breakfast because I was already booked and scheduled. So that's kind of how I blocked out and protected my my time to make sure that I take myself seriously. So, um, uh, I do, you know, I do love that you brought that up, especially when you work for yourself and no one else is there to hold you accountable. It is very easy to get distracted and not do everything that you should be doing in order to be successful. And I think the best advice and best trick that I found was to physically block my calendar for myself and and hold myself accountable. <laughs> yes, I think one thing I also block my calendar and another thing that I like to do is I have um, two big things that I want to get done today and three small things and my small thing. Oh, I love that. I like my small things can literally be like making myself breakfast and it's because I know I'm going to do it. So then I'm like, okay, check. You know, because it gives you that kind of yeah. like boost of like, I'm getting stuff done today. It is. Check that off. So that is one thing I also like to do. And I have to block my mine off too, because I'm the same sis. I'd be like, wait, we're going to do cocktails. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it honestly is, is, a, is a thing. Whatever you said too about like the three little things and two big things, um, that's a time management or like a to-do list Um I guess must in order for it to, to, to happen. So, um, as humans, just from my research and what I've learned in the past too, if we do kind of give ourselves that happy feeling, we're more likely to do it again. So then once we put some, some easy things on our to-do list to cross it off easily, it's almost an easy win and an encouragement for us to keep going to do the bigger things. So, and also not putting too many things on your to-do list for that one day in order for you to not get overwhelmed and shut down because that's a lot of times what happens with us too is when we have too many things on our to-do list we shut down because we're like oh this is too much I can't handle it but when we only look at one or two things main things a day that's when we could really focus and be like okay well this is doable um let me do it <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, we covered so much and I'm so excited and I can keep talking for hours with you. Um, but it, our time has come. So I do want to wrap up and see, is there any last words of encouragement for you, for our listeners? Um, and also where they can find you and everything you have to offer with your businesses. 
So last words of encouragement is to really take time as I think one thing that I'm going to take away from this conversation too is to kind of take that time to journal and do that inner work and so that you can get in that place of worrying about yourself. Um, so you can find me online at www.ataliastrubel.com, um, and also on Instagram, ataliastrubel. And then I am, if you want to know about my personal life, I have my TikTok at the Strubel family of my husband and I and our life abroad. Um, and then I love that. Thank you. Actually, before before we do close, I do have a question with that because I personally have always had this inner battle of how much personal stuff do you share? You know, I'm very active with business posts, personal posts. I go on and off depending on how busy I am with everything else. Um, but you know, we always, it's fun to share even personal. And then sometimes like, ah, is that too much to share? So what is, and you said your personal stuff is more on TikTok versus your business is more on Instagram. So, um, can you just a little bit share with our listeners how, um, you strategize for that? Yeah. So actually on, I do talk about personal stuff on Instagram. Um, and I kind of do it as my pillars. And so every now and again, I'll talk about my husband and I, and like personal stuff in our lives, uh, recently. And is this all on that same page where you run your, um, business account? Yes. It's all on the same page because I love I believe- that honestly. Yeah, I feel like I believe in like personal brand. So like mm-hmm. I'm my brand and I want people to get to know me on a different level. And so I put it all on the same page. Um, but as uh, we are starting, like when we moved here, people wanted to know more about just living in Germany. And I was like, I'm not going to put this on my business page, but I'll like put it here and there. But if you could go to TikTok, then I'll tell you like the behind the scenes. So my TikTok is like the behind the scenes of life. And I think the way that you kind of decide if you have no pressure to share, right? There's no pressure for you to share things. Recently, we shared that we are starting IVF. And um, we Congratulations. Had, That's you. a big, challenging decision to make. <laughs> yes, it is a huge, challenging decision. And for the last four years, we have struggled with infertility. And I hadn't talked about it at all on social media. And even mm-hmm. people would ask me, like, it's oh, tough. what are you having? Yes. And so I just never talked about it. Um, and that was because I, myself, I only share things on social media that I feel comfortable talking more about. So if I feel like, oh, this is just one day that I'm feeling like this way, I sleep on it. And I'm like, let me think about it tomorrow. That's good good advice. Am I going to do it? And then I also only share if it has a purpose. It might sound weird, but no, I love that. Because I share my fertility journey because of the fact that it is helping other women and Mm -hmm. it has a purpose. And I'm not just willy-nilly like being like, this is what I struggle with. But I think also it's because I'm an Aries and I'm not a vulnerable like person. Like I become very like "Eh," when it's time to be (laughs) vulnerable. So that is why that is like kind of my thing in my head is only sharing things that you feel have a purpose one and two sleeping on it before you decide to share something. And I even think about that in your Instagram stories. If you're feeling it, you can, you can record the story and then save it. And then tomorrow, if you feel the same, you know, put it online. But once that's really good advice, so then you're thinking about it before. Yeah. You're thinking about it before just publicly putting information out there, especially at times of like 
major emotions like anger, sadness, you know, overexcitement. So I think um, that's really good advice for navigating through social media for for personal, even business, actually. I think yes. it's, it's good to kind of put that pause button before you um, announce or share. Um, well, um, first, you know, I want to acknowledge your challenge too, and I'm sorry that you went through that, but huge props to you to be able to talk about it now. I know pregnancy issues could be so, so challenging and very emotional, but making that decision to move forward with, with the, with the IVF option is huge. So congratulations on that. Best of luck to you. And there's so many women that, you know, struggle with, with, with similar issues. And like you said, it's so nice for them to know people that they can talk to about or have a community to talk to about it. So, um, I think the, like you said, the purpose of sharing personal life is not only to, just share to share or try to get popular or, or have mm-hmm. people feel sorry for you. I think it's just um, overall to have a community, right? And so we can all help and support each other and have the right people around us. And, but also sometimes it's okay for the purpose for us to be, for it to be that, Hey, I just want to vent and you guys are my people. I'm going to vent to you. So if yeah. that's your purpose and you have that supportive community on there, um, I think that's great. And, but, and if anytime social media is a tricky thing, some people don't have good, good community and good support, and it's not as positive when they share things. And if you do find that that's happening, um, my best advice for you would be really like cut those people off of your social media. If it's blocking them, getting rid of them, don't reply to the negative comments, just ignore and like try to get them away from you because it can be a very good positive space but it can also be dangerous to be a negative space but if you want to attract the positive side of it you can um, focus on building the community of those people you don't have to worry about the people who are going to judge you for sharing your personal um stuff you know and yeah i think that's my current (laughs) current take on that (laughs) Awesome. Well, now we can officially close. Um, I cut you off again because I had another question. You know, I just do that. <laughs> I'm a very curious person. I just love to ask questions. <laughs> um, but yes, your last words of encouragement and um, where did people can find you? <laughs> How you can work with me now is I do have one-on-one spots opening for November, and then I have a program called The Profitable Creator, which is a six-month mentorship to help people get go from personal brand to full-time business, and so I give you all of the resources to create multiple streams of income, and um, I give go through the exact steps. We are no gatekeeping here um, to what I've done in order to grow my business. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that. We will link all your information below and spread the word. It was so nice to speak with you and you shared so much valuable knowledge for our listeners. Um, All my best to you in your personal and business life. And I hope that we cross paths again very soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review this podcast. Follow and engage with us on social media under the Yegi Project. And if you're interested in being a guest, email info at theyegiproject.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes.